everyone. Welcome back to Broken Artists with your hosts. I'm Isabel. I'm Liv. I'm Owen. And I'm Jace. Today we're going to be looking into the artist Frida Kahlo, and we're going to be looking into her life and some of the mental illnesses she suffered from and kind of how they manifested in some of her artworks. Um, but first, if you do not know who Frida Kahlo is, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about her. Frida Kahlo, known as one of Mexico's most prized artists, was born in Coyacón, Mexico in July of 1907. She grew up in a family of sisters with a German father, who she was especially close to, that worked as a photographer and with a mother that was half Amerindian and half Spanish. Sadly, Kahlo suffered from poor health throughout the majority of her childhood and this transferred into her adult life as well. She contracted polio at the age of six, causing her to be bedridden for almost a year and to lose strength in one of her legs, leaving her forever scarred with a limp which she usually tried to disguise by wearing long skirts on a day-to-day -day basis. And though polio made its dent on her health as a child, she still remained unusually active for a girl, a girl her age in the 1910s as she played soccer, swam, and even wrestled. Kahlo met her first future husband, uh, Kahlo first met her future husband, famous muralist Diego Rivera, at the renowned Nat National Preparatory School in Mexico City, which she attended as a student and there she was able to watch Rivera create a mural for the school in 1922. And in the same year, unfortunately, Kahlo, along with some of her fellow peers, were involved in a horrific bus accident one September afternoon. When their bus collided with a streetcar, Kahlo was impaled in her hip by a steel handrail, leaving her in immense physical pain for months as the impalement fractured her spine and pelvis. During the many months of a slow and painful recovery that Kahlo had to spend at home or in a cast, she began to paint to distract herself, painting self-portraits most often, and her parents supported this passion of Frida's, buying her special easels, paints, and brushes. By 1929, Frida married Diego Rivera after a rekindling of their relationship occurred in 1928 over their shared passions for art and careers in art. As time went on and Frida and Diego's marriage evolved, so did Frida's art. Frida's art slowly became more personal, for example, relating to her second miscarriage, and more surrealist as well. Over the following years, Frida suffered much more trauma in her life and was under almost constant mental strain. Her marriage with Rivera ended due to the many affairs that occurred in the relationship and the fact that they couldn't even live together, always having separate homes and studios, though they did remarry eventually. And her father passed away as well, taking away Frida's closest family member. And Frida suffered from depression due to her infertility as well. However, though Frida's personal life was spiraling and taking a toll on her mental health, her art career was beginning to skyrocket as her art grew in recognition. She confirmed her identity as a surrealist artist, and she also made many friends, um, many famous friends in the art world, such as Andre Breton and Pablo Picasso. Inspirationally, Kahlo's art only grew in recognition during the end of her life, which was unfortunately filled with more poor health conditions, such as a case of gangrene in her right foot, leaving her bedridden for nearly a year until her unfortunate death in 1954. Frida Kahlo passed away due to most likely a pulmonary embolism, though there is heavy speculation that she may have committed suicide. And though her career gained impressive recognition towards the end of her life, she continues to be highly admired and respected in the art world today for and for many generations to come for her many groundbreaking, groundbreaking, passionate, and vibrant artwork. <coughs> Sourced from FridaCallo.org.
Um, so to just give like a like a good overview because that was a lot of information to take in. Basically, she just was constantly suffering physically and just was always in immense physical pain. There was always a new health condition she had, and these like eventually, along with like some other like emotional struggles she dealt with in like maybe her relationships uh, with Diego Rivera, but these all led. It was interesting to me the way that her like physical. Um, her physical like ailments and um, conditions. <laughs> conditions. Yeah. Her physical conditions like led into like some mental right. health conditions. And she was, she had PTSD and she was diagnosed with depression. Um, but she's also like there's been heavy speculation by um, all sorts of historians that she suffered from anxiety, um, alcoholism, and dissociative identity disorder. And you can kind of, like, see, like, where they got these from and kind of see them in some of her paintings, which I can show you guys if you're interested. And, like, for any viewers, I can put a link in description, but we can look into that in a little bit later, so. So what were your guys' reactions to that? Did you know anything about Frida before? Did you – was this educational? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I – of course know about Frida she's mm -hmm. like an iconic figure like mm -hmm. especially you'd be surprised in the by how many people don't know like don't in my mind yeah. I'm like Frida that's oh. true that's kind of like you know me. at least at least people know she's like t like known for her unibrow yeah. or whatnot right like, like actually I remember I like freshman year at in Spanish um Senora had a portrait of her and that mm -hmm. was the first time she was like very much clearly in my like field mm -hmm. of vision but I was familiar with her yeah I think for me I didn't I'm not sure if I recognize the name before you said it so i'm not super familiar with her work so what type of stuff did she paint um mostly she did like self-portraits and although actually throughout her life she started to have issues with like appearance issues and so they she started to not paint as many self-portraits as she did more in her youth but she's known for like the many self-portraits that she painted she used a lot of um, bold colors a lot of vibrant colors she painted a lot of nature and a lot of um animals and nature from Mexico and incorporated those into her works um, but mostly her paintings just like were expressions of herself and her feelings and what she was going through um, at certain points in her lifetime oh that's cool I had this like kind of project for my Spanish class and we mm -hmm. uh, they set up a lot of her art and we went to theater mm -hmm. um, and then we kind of did walk through and it was super cool I don't know I mean I knew about Frida Kahlo but I didn't know that she had right. painted so many um, you know made so many of the artworks that I had recognized. Mm -hmm. um, it was just cool to see that. Yeah. Did you do the VR? Thing? Yeah, it, What was that like? What it did you see? It was super cool. So, most of them weren't like, free to count. like where they put you in her artwork or something? Yeah. <gasps> yeah, some That's of it was kind of sick. Whoa, oh, that was not it. the VR exactly I did. Because cool. I just like walked in, but I didn't do it because everyone was taking over the VR. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That's very cool. Mm -hmm. So I heard you mention that some historians – theorized that she might have suffered from dissociative mm -hmm. identity disorder and that's been getting a lot of uh, press recently mm -hmm. just with a bunch of people claiming that they have DID. Yeah, I've seen it online. Right, on Wonderland <laughs> system. <laughs> oh and my god, so Wonderland system is wild. So with all of that like kind of um, the difficulty, it's a very difficult, you know, disease to diagnose mm -hmm. um, because it presents differently in everyone. Mm -hmm. It's not always like split personalities. Right. So what yeah. makes historians suspect that Frida might have suffered from DID? You know, they, they haven't, obviously they couldn't confirm it, but right. um, real quick, in case anyone doesn't know what dissociative identity disorder is, it's kind of like a multiple personality disorder 
Um, usually people who suffer from a lot of trauma kind of just develop another personality that just helps them cope and they can kind of like a safe place for them to go to to switch to this other personality. And so um, she was just known to have like had changes in her personality throughout her lifetime. It kind of became like she came more intense of a personality and it would kind of like jump up and down and all around. Polar differences yeah, in her she emotions. Was, yeah, people thought she had you know, bipolar depression right. too. But um, also like in her uh, paintings, she used to have this one like signature image of herself and eventually she stopped painting herself as much and she just wasn't as confident in who she was as a person. Um, and yeah, you could, that's how they tell throughout her art. I've been able to like make guesses. Is she, I don't know if she just doesn't display herself as much in her art. Wow. And you know, she really did have a lot of trauma in it. She had a lot of trauma, like breaks, um, you know, with her miscarriages and her, um, like, divorces and whatnot. Wha so what age did she die at? 47. Okay. So quite young. Yeah, that's pretty young. Yep. But Very I mean, for sad. early 1900s. Yeah, and for suffering, like, the health condition she had, like, oh, yeah, horrible. Right. She's I feel honestly... I feel like she's kind of lucky to have lived as long I as know. she did with how many health. Although health it's just she, sad yeah. she was bedridden for so many years. Yeah, multiple like times. That did, that did like affect her art in many ways, you know? She was able to produce so many Chickens. pieces. Mm. Yeah. Per se. It was, like a, it was like a safe place. It was yeah. like a good place for her to go to, so. Is there any, like, records of her having, like, uh, like good friends? Because I know we've talked mm -hmm. about, like, her, like, love life, and you mentioned her being friends with other artists, like Picasso. But yeah, she could, like became quite the little socialite. Oh, that's awesome! She, like grew in recognition, um, and also there's like she was very like political. Her and really? Ray Rivera were very into political activism. Um, so, who were some of the artists that you mentioned she was friends with? Um, well, I did say Pablo Picasso. Mm -hmm. He's quite the big wig in the art world. Right. Pretty famous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I feel like but also I think like. One of the most influential for her was Andre Breton um, because he, like, came over to, like, visit her, and he, like, helped her really confirm her identity as a surrealist artist. And, you know, if anything, that's, like, very helpful for her because she suffered with, like, her identity and, um, like, who defining herself. Um, but Andre was, like, one of the – he's still, like, one of the most – famous surrealist artist ever and he came over to visit her and basically told her uh your art is surrealism and she knew some of her art had like surrealist aspects to it but yeah he just really helped her and he helped her like embrace it yeah embrace it yes that's yeah. a great way to say it. um and also i would like to go into some of her artworks a little bit because i did i've done a lot of research on her and like looked at her artworks a lot um because i've done it for research papers and whatnot and um I just always love her works, but I highly recommend to anyone listening to go to FridaKahlo.org and just like scroll through and look at her paintings, um, look at the meaning behind them. It'll, it'll kind of help sh give you like a lot of context to what I'm explaining in this podcast and what we've been going over. We'll put the link in the description. Yeah, mm -hmm. you can throw a little, you okay. can throw a little link down for sure. Um, but I just picked out some like four pieces that um, I'm going to show to like my fellow podcasters in okay. here in the studio. But um, it's the two sisters, the wounded deer, um, Henry Ford Hospital, and the broken column. And these really have always just jumped out at me whenever I'm looking at her artworks. I feel like you can see, like a lot of them, she's describing her physical state. Oh, 
and her body after her miscarriage um, wow. in Henry Ford Hospital. She's obviously there's you know it's bloody gory scene, and in, in the broken column it's showing, you know how damaged her spine was after the bus accident. Um, same with the wounded deer. There's arrows you know jabbing through her spine, and you can kind of see her physical state. And in the two sisters, her heart is sliced. But really, what I always am drawn to is the backgrounds of these paintings. The background shows her emotional state and the her mental state and the the cloudedness of it. And a lot of them, all of these show stormy, gray, dark backgrounds. Um, the broken column is is like the background is this um, kind of like this barren land, and it's all cracked. And for me, it's just these are insane. The way you see her physical and mental like states in these paintings it's just mind-blowing to me and so i love the it yeah. so the yeah. so i always am drawn to the backgrounds because you can see her mental like just state yeah. that's mm-hmm. right so the paintings sort of have two different focuses the mm-hmm. subject of it shows the more obvious mm-hmm. her physical state you know like her in a bed with all the yeah. bedridden experience she had but then mm-hmm. the more subtle emotions are always in the background that's yeah. pretty interesting that's what i always look for in my paintings that one what's the one that represents her miscarriage title um henry ford hospital that is horrifying that is is. heartbreaking it's it's quite sad and she this is like a great example of her surrealism and and you can see she has like kind of like a a dying flower and she has like uh images of the skull or not her skull sorry her um pelvis all of these little images she has she has a snail like attached to her umbilical cord and that shows how slow the process was of the her miscarriage and it's just all like examples showing how just emphasizing how horrific the process was so i I did not know that many of those were like of her works because the only one that i really could recognize and kind of connected to her was the self-portrait of her with like the monkeys Mm -hmm. beside her and that's Mm -hmm. like the only one that i like knew was her and recognized was her work and i mean mm-hmm. that one's still thought it was really good yeah it's appreciated beautiful, beautiful it for sure but i've seen some of these and i just never knew that those were the kind it's really yeah. interesting great great connection that you made there <laughs> it makes me happy it makes <laughs> we're gonna move that in. yeah so when you've been talking about her works you know do you need to pull your mic closer it looks like oh god i just feel like you might be cl- uh, but act- no we can't mind. hear him okay we're good right that's Okay. <laughs> okay, go. Well done, Isabella. <laughs> so when you've been talking about her works, I've heard you describe them as surrealism a lot. Can you kind of explain what that category of art is? Yeah, surrealism is kind of, it's always of like kind of showing illogicalities. It's very illogical scenes um, that artists depict. And I'm. it's kind of about like going into your unconscious mind, more of like a dream, dreamlike state and um kind of just painting things that you would like that are just yeah illogical just like unexpected yeah. um i guess like very you surprising mentioned the snail on the umbilical cord obviously yeah. it's pretty it random make you uncomfortable it's like I- if anyone knows the melting clocks by picasso that's like a <laughs> signature oh, yeah. because it's just like very unsettling uh, yeah it's just like there's molten clocks <laughs> but it's you know it's even and, and there's like these animals that are like not they're like not really like you cannot tell they're like it's like turning taking regular objects and making them almost like unrecognizable it's just like to look at something and your yeah. brain's like confused i mean you know? it's even more like chilling because what she's discussing is so like she's it's very heavy stuff mm-hmm. right like she's, she's basing pre- her art upon yeah it's not even just like an, a creepy image of melting clocks which is unsettling because it's something that you don't yeah she's mm-hmm. got like she's got like she's like 
anyone who sees it can see it. Yeah, and her emotions are insane. Because they're in origin. They're both in origin story. Bad joke. Yeah, kind of. It's all right. Mm, real quick side note, you guys. It's definitely not. Katie, <laughs> definitely not by Picasso. It's definitely Salvador Dali, who's like very famous for surrealism. That is my bad. All good. We'll skip We've it. all been we'll, there. We'll foggy brain yep. today. No worries. So to end on a semi-morbid note, here is one of her quotes. It's, my painting carries with it the message of pain. And so I feel we've been discussing some pretty heavy stuff, and her artwork shows a lot of heavy material and some pretty, some pretty deep and intense and some pretty sad emotions. But I will say, you know, at least there's they're relatable to like many people, and many people can look at hers and kind of feel through these like illogical illogical scenes. Like they can understand her emotions, relate to them. Maybe they can. Um, it helps process. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of her art um, is is quite <laughs> traumatizing at times, but. I think it can really help some people. I mean, and it's good to have artists that are show like the bad side of things. You have the good and the bad. You it's, know? Inf- it's also where she kind of found her peace mm-hmm. too. So it, it helps Though her. it's hard. It's like therapy for her. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's great. Thank you for sharing all your information. Of with course. Us. Thank you, Isabel. Bye. We'll see y'all of next. Of course. Bye, guys. <laughs>